We were made as weapons. Let us be weapons. Let the nations of the land reap what they have sown. The Blades. Welcome, humble adventurers, to my realm of knowledge and mystery. Here, in my cursed library, are endless tomes and scrolls on the darkest and evilest foes in all of the realms. Be they from Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, the many worlds of darkness, or any realm in between. Welcome to the Dastardly Decimal System. I'm your caretaker of the corrupt, the librarian, Caster Kane. Vega? Vega? Do we have a guest? Uh, oh, he hello, little mouse. How are you today? Oh, you are super cute. Do you have a name? No? Well, I shall call you Steamboat Willie, because I can do that now. Do you want to hear a story, Willie? Take a seat as I brew us some Gaithod tea. It is an orcish herbal tea popular amongst House Thrashic. Now allow me to warn you ahead of time. Orcish tea always has some significant bite. Now you enjoy some cheese while I pour myself a cup, and let's talk about the fearsome Lord of Blades. Standing nearly seven feet tall and covered with adamantian plating, the Lord of Blades is a frightening and imposing figure. He is a warforge, a mechanical man built with a soul and infused with the power to kill. He wields his infamous six blade, an adamantian greatsword formed from six individual blades. On his back are a pair of razor sharp bladed wings. The Lord of Blades rarely fights alone. His legions of loyal followers are always ready to defend him. But when he does engage, he is a frightening opponent. He is a merciless killer with no mercy for the fleshborn. His adamantian plating makes him immune to critical hits. His magic means he can summon forth fire and blast foes from a distance. The countless blades on his body means that any foolish enough to grapple him will have their flesh ripped apart and all of those are before he even takes a swing of his six-blade. The Lord of Blades is a brilliant leader. His creativity is as renowned as his dislike of the Fleshborn. His artificer magic allows him to tinker and create, building more dangerous and deadly tools in which to murder with. The history of the Lord of Blades starts first with the history of his own race, the Warforged. They are an artificial race of living constructs, mechanical constructs born with sentience and free will. They were built by Merrick Stekaneth of House Caneth, and given souls by his son, Aaron Stekaneth. 
they were constructed to fight in the last war. Warforged didn't sleep, they didn't eat, and they were created with the necessary skills for war. Unlike other golems, however, they could even heal their body in unusual methods. For example, a warforged made from mithril could repair his chest without needing any additional mithril. It just grew back, much like flesh. With all of these advantages, the Warforged were the perfect soldiers. But when the war ended, many Warforged found themselves lost and confused, waiting for orders that would never come. It took time, but the Warforged adapted to their new way of life. A life without war while living in a world that no longer needed or wanted them. These Warforged decided to put their attention on crafting and skills and for the first time in their lives, decided to put their expertise towards hobbies. Some Warforge, however, did not adapt. Instead, they took to the teachings of a sinister and violent Warforged. They decided to follow the Lord of Blades. Deep in the Mornlands, Hidden by the dead grey mists, exists a nation where all Warforged are welcome. Here, in his makeshift kingdom, the Lord of Blades gives all Warforged what they lacked elsewhere, a sense of belonging. It is here that dwells his murderous cult, the Blades. It is almost impossible to separate the Blades from their Lord. His teachings and beliefs are such a vital part of who the Lord is that it has become the vital part of his following. He teaches Warforged superiority and their destiny to rule all five kingdoms. We were made to rule Eberron, and the day will come when the Warforged will inherit the world by blade and blood. The Blades are a legion with a clearly defined military hierarchy. The Lord of Blades is at the top, with his gathered captains below him, each commanding hundreds of Warforged. There are also high-ranking scribes and evangelicals within the Legion, whose duty is to put the Lord's words into scripture, and then spread it to all Warforged. The hope is that all Warforged will make a pilgrimage to the Mornlands and enlist in the Lord's Legion in preparation for the promised time. The year was 894. Oh, how I wish I was in Galafar. A letter of passing came from the crown. King Jarrat had been put to the ground. God damn them all, and the world did moan, as five royal heirs fought for the throne. They cast all spells, and skin did sear. But I'm a broken man on the Zilgaro Pier, the last of the Golden Dragon's privateers. When a king passes away, its effects ripple outwards. It can change a kingdom, affect negotiations between nations, or even end a war. But more often than not, it can just as easily start one. When King Jarrat died, five heirs argued over the throne. This, in turn, 
started a war that would last over a hundred years. This was the war that would be known as the Last War. Five nations battling against each other, using every dark spell, insidious invention, and brutal weapon imaginable. But one day, it all ended. On the 20th of Olarun, year 994, a sire was under attack. The sky suddenly burned bright. Nobody knows what caused the magical spell, but Sire was suddenly destroyed. Over a million Sirens perished along with the military forces from Brayland, Thrain, and Karnath. The sky eventually dimmed, but by day's end, the mist advanced across the battlefield, surrounding the kingdom and turning it into the Mornlands. Standing firm and surviving where the flesh had died, or a small gaggle of warforged from each side of the skirmish. Yet standing above them all was the Lord of Blades. This would come to be known as the Day of Mourning. The history of the Lord of Blades is difficult to quantify. It is filled with contradictory reports and even some fables. Bards, of course, make this entire thing far more difficult because Every bard feels the need to, you know, embellish just a bit. The stories above may be true, and they may be false. Some scriptures say that the Lord of Blade was the last Warforged ever created. Others say he was the leader of the Sire forces on that dreadful day. Some have even said that the Lord of Blades himself caused the Day of Mourning, and will one day replicate the event when he plans to begin his invasion. But what we do know, what we are certain of, comes down to simply two facts. Fact number one, the day of mourning ended the war. And fact number two, the name Lord of Blades had never been uttered before the day of mourning and only arrived afterwards. The Lord of Blades sits high on his metaphorical throne, providing sanctuary to all of his mechanical kin, and offering them an allegorical promised land. He is preparing an invasion on flesh kind, one that will rid the world of their infestation and give him dominance over the five nations, one that will punish the living for the sins they have committed upon all warforged kind. So why hasn't he attacked? Military scholars and tacticians argue as to this fact. Some say he hasn't the military numbers needed to attack. Yet. Others think he is waiting to rediscover the secret of Warforge creation, looking to manufacture or possess a creation forge. Reports have begun to reach the Five Kingdoms about the Lord's attempts to make new Warforged. They say that he is slowly and carefully 
gaining the ability to make new Warforged, but despite his care, they emerge misshapen in body, mind, or both. So this just leaves the biggest question of all. Who is the Lord of Blades? For a name that cannot be traced and only appeared after the Day of Mourning, it is not surprising about the quantity of rumors that number in the thousands about his identity. Yet amongst all of these, there are three wildly believed possibilities. The first of these is that he is a warforged known as Rampant. Rampant was a military commander with training as a warlord. He was a commander of the Syrian army. The second is he is the warforged known as Bastion. A warforged hero of the last war who presumably died in the fields of ruin. The third is he was the legendary Bulwark, the personal royal bodyguard of King Borlean of Brayland. Bulwark vanished after the Day of Mourning and is viewed by many to be the most likely candidate. As I mentioned, the number of rumors, theories, and conspiracies of the Lord of Blades' identities number in the thousands. Some are just clearly insane. Some are delusion-filled. Others are motivated by racial hate. But to me, the weirdest of the theories, in my humble opinion, is that the Lord of Blades isn't a warforged at all. Now, this theory states that the Lord of Blades, the leader of all warforged, the one who will strike down and rid the world of all flesh kind is in fact a human artificer living in a mechanical suit. And who is that human? Well, if the rumors are true, if the theories prove correct, then that human's name? Aaron DeCanneth. It seems that our tea has once again run dry, which means that our time is up. I hope you did enjoy your cheese, Mr. Steamboat Willie. Again, I'm allowed to call you that now. Because of our pleasant time here, I hate to see what would happen if Vega got a hold of you. So how about this? I'm giving you a five second head start. Go! Run! Good luck, Steamboat Willie! Join me again in my library for more stories and lore about the darkest villains from the darkest realms. This has been the Dastardly Decimal System, and once again, I am your librarian, Caster Kane. The Dastardly Decimal System can be found on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at DD System Podcast. That's Delta Delta System Podcast. 
drop us a message and say hi. Vega always loves the attention. This podcast was produced by Midnight Reading Audio, a division of Midnight Reading Publishing. The voice of Castor Kane is Larry Gent. Hi. The voice of Vega was provided by my cats, Vash and Zid. Music was Artificial Emotions by Timothy Kulig from Pixabay.com, licensed under Creative Commons. Thank you, and have a wonderful, wonderful evening.